Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. all the glory as you're the center of this church God and no matter what we've come in here with today I thank you that your spirit is here ready to minister and to strengthen your people some father God have come in here after a week of proverbial hell God some people have come in here on their highest of highs and everything's going great And some people have come in here numbed out to life. Lord, I thank you that you promise us fresh living water today. And so we call on you today. Spirit of God, would you rest in this place and strengthen your people. Fill us up in Jesus' mighty name. Fill us up to overflowing in Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for a fresh touch. We thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke. May that rest in this place here today. God, we love you. We're hungry for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to take a moment to to speak to some people in here today who you feel on the inside of your heart that God has called you to do something significant, something extraordinary, if you would. And I want to be able to speak to that person. If you're in this place and you're like, man, I really feel like God has me here for a reason. And some of us disqualify this tug because of age, because of education, because of past failures. But see, I got a God and I believe in a God that doesn't discriminate based off age. He called Moses when he was 80, right? I believe in a God that uses the foolish things to confound the wise. And I believe the God that can use what the enemy used meant for evil for his glory. And even though you felt like you've fallen in the past, I believe he can still use you today. Today is a new day. His mercies are new every morning. I want to speak to that person. I want to speak to that person. Today is the launch of a new series. It's going to be roughly four weeks, and it's, it's going to be about awakening your purpose. Awakening your purpose. Can I tell you, when we follow Jesus, there's like a a fire that gets shut up into our bones, is how Jeremiah put it. There's like there's a, a call for something greater, for something more that God has for you. And what I want to be able to do over these next four weeks is to share that. Hey, how do we, how do we as believers in Christ be awakened to our purposes? And in Christ. How many of y'all know would would love to know what God has called you to do in life? Let me see a show of hands, right? Absolutely. I want to know what God has called me to do. And I want to share with you a revelation that has transformed my life. And it's something I've been living through the past roughly 13, 14 years. And this idea of calling and this idea of purpose. We as Christians and even nowadays as people that are influencers, they throw around like your destiny and your purpose and Christians go around like your calling, like God has a great call on your life. And we kind of throw that around as if it's like something specific. And the thing about like specificity is that it doesn't 
leave any room for it to look anything different than what that person said and, or, or what you thought. And I want to share with you a, a passage in Scripture, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It's kind of the topic of today. And if we need to talk about it next week also, we will. But it's Ephesians 4, verse 1. Paul's in prison in Rome. This is roughly around 61 AD, and he's writing to the church at Ephesus. And he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, he's both a prisoner physically but then he acknowledged that he's also a prisoner for the Lord, a servant for the Lord, a slave for the Lord spiritually, right? As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I urge you. So he's talking from where he's at, almost as if he's supposed to be there says, I'm always going to be a prisoner of the Lord. And then he's, it's this, you can hear it in his language, that, that begging, I urge you, I plead with you to live a life worthy of the calling you have already received. So it's almost like Philippians when he says, live up to what we've already obtained. And so he's like, I urge you to live up to it. Don't stop short. Don't cut it short. Don't throw in the towel. Keep believing, keep hoping, and live up to the calling that you have received. And I want to be able to talk to you on this thought today. If you're taking notes, if you have notes here today, write this down. Your purpose is calling. Your purpose is calling. Let's pray today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word today. We're here to gather before you. None else. God, we, we can hear a, a, a message. We can... We can sing a few songs. We can, God, but we're here to meet with you. So won't you do what you can only do, and that's transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, may you rest in this place. Speak to us. Transform us today. God, we want to be like you. So I pray against any type of preconceived notions that we've had on what it means to live in the calling we have received. God, I pray right now that there would be a clarification given today. Not by my words, God, but your words that would unravel any of the lies that we've believed when it comes to our calling and, and awakening our purpose. God, I pray for your people today that we would no longer feel under the weight of what we are doing. God, that we would forget who we are called to be. So God, we pray and we welcome you here at this place right now. And right now, church, would you open up your hands and say these words after me? Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Would you all put your hands together for the word of God this morning? Come on. Come on. You can be seated. It's going to be a great day. Awakening your purpose to live a life worthy of your calling, to live a life worthy of your calling. What does it mean to be called? I think everyone would have different, uh, different thoughts on what it meant to be called, what it means to be called. Well, I just want to give you just a, a brief overview in the Bible uh, through the original words that what it means to be called. When Paul's saying, live a life worthy of your calling, and what it means actually to be called is from the Greek word kaleo. Kaleo, K-A-L-E-O. Kaleo means like to call, like to call out to someone. And how the Greek works is there's like different root words to, and they all kind of build off of one another. And so kaleo is like the root word to call. And, but then there's also kalesis, which is calling, like 
calling. Uh, then there's kletos, which is the called. It's almost like an identity of people, like the called people. And there's also other root words that we've used in the past, like the, the paraclete, which is like the comforter, how they use like, this is the called comforter. It's the word for the Holy Spirit. There's parakletos. And this, all this revolves around this word, kletos, kleo. And it's, it's this Greek word that talks about to call. And it, it's, no, it's by no happenstance that the name of the church is actually the ekklesia, which is the same root word, which is to call. It stands for the called out ones. Called out. Ek means like out of. It's, and, and Ecclesia is, is like called, the called out ones. So we're the church, we're the assembly, we're the gathering together. God says, these are my called out ones. Now we're not called out necessarily to stay away from the world. We're called to live transformed life in Christ. Not to conform to the patterns of this world. Not to be crafted or created or called to this world and to conform to it, but actually called out to reform it. In order to reform it, we got to be different from it. Called out. Can I tell you that you are called for a purpose? Can I get an amen here? Do you believe that? Say this with me. And sometimes this profession can help. It can help remind you. Uh, but even if you don't believe it, sometimes... You can borrow my faith, and I believe that you're called. I believe that you have a purpose. I believe that you're here, not by happenstance. I believe that God ordained this moment right here, right now, for you to hear this message, for you to encounter this worship, for you to encounter the Holy Spirit of the living God to transform your life so that you can live a life worthy of your calling. So say this with me. Say, I am called. I have a purpose. Do you believe that? Again, your hardest of hearts. Do you believe that God's not done with you? Do you believe that in a world full of cancel culture, God hasn't canceled you? I don't care what you've done, where you've gone. God still has a purpose and a calling for you. But if we own that fact that I have a purpose, I have a calling, it almost puts another weight, different type of weight on my day-to-day, -day, doesn't it? Like, okay, so if I have a calling and I have a purpose, then that begs the question, what if I miss it? What if I make the wrong turn or go down the wrong path and, and, I, and I, I, I choose to, to do something that wasn't according to my calling and, and now I threw off everything that God has called me to? What if I miss it? If God is calling me, what if I miss it? I, if I have this purpose that... This guy up here with the mic is saying that I do, then what am I called to, to do? So write this down. If you're not taking notes, pull out your phone, maybe write this, write down some notes today. It'd be good for you to be able to review. And um, because I, I might say some things that might resonate with you, not just today, but in the months and years to come. And I believe the Holy Spirit speaks many different messages to every single person here today. But write this down that your purpose is more about who you are than it is about what you do. Let me say that again. Your purpose is more about who you are than it is about what you do. Second Timothy shares this with us. Second Timothy 1.9 out of the New Living Translation says, For God saved us and called us to what? To live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it. 
but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. So we get from this passage, we derive from this, that purpose, your calling, is about who you are becoming more than it is about what you are doing. Are you following along with me today? It's more about who you are becoming than it is about what you are doing. Our purpose, our calling, is to first and foremost to live a holy life. He calls us first to be holy before he calls us to do anything. It's more about who we are rather than what we are actually going to do. You know, basically what God's saying here is it's not about your career. It's not about the school that you go to. It's not about the person that you marry. Now, granted, the Bible does have other areas that say do not be unequally yoked. So you can't, you got to take the Bible in its entirety. But the Bible doesn't ever talk about a profession that you should do. I mean, good luck. Like, God, what should I do with my life? And you're going to open up to the Bible and you're just going to blindly open. Wow, looks like I'm a fisherman. Sounds good. Bass Pro Shop, here I come. Right? And some of my men in here are like, amen. (laughs) It doesn't talk about your career. And I think that's on purpose because God cares more about who you are than about what you do. Let me ask you this question here today. That many of you would see me on the stage with a microphone. And you might say that he is called to preach. You might say, and say, well, we'll see. After this message, we'll make our judgment call. Which I think you could, you could say that. But see, there's different parts of my life. It's, it's, it is segmented to some extent. Like, not only do I have a mic and am I communicating with you today, but I also have a wife. So I'm a preacher, pastor, but I'm also a husband. See, some of us relegate our calling to just one area. I'm also a husband. So imagine if I approached my relationship with the amazing, wonderful, beautiful Kelly as if I did from this stage. And, and if we're at home and we're talking and I said, I need a mic so I can make sure she can hear me. Or maybe we were having a little bit of a, a more of a, a complex conversation and And we ended up closing out every conversation with just a simple ask and response. And okay, if you're in this place and you feel the need to repent from your sins, that would not go over very well. And we we don't, I don't do that, right? But like sometimes we have our our conversations and and our, our debates and our, she loves to debate, you know, we have our, we have our, we have our conflicts and and what I found is that when we have our conflicts, we also have our, our makeup. And makeup tends to have a lot of passionate makeup. And passionate makeup tends to give you other things, such as kids. And so we have four of them. But if I approach my relationship with my kids the way I do this preaching, that's not going to work. Because not only am I a pastor, a preacher, I'm also a husband. And these four kids call me Papa. Papa. And I'm also a father. So which one of those am I called to do? Is it less about what I'm doing? And I would say it's more about who I am. 
Because I can go through life thinking, I just need to find the right thing to do. I just need the right job. I just need the right spouse. I just need the right opportunity. I just need the right church. But if you're the wrong person when you find the right job, you screw it up. If you're the wrong person when you find the right spouse, you screw it up and them up. If you're the wrong person and you find the right church, all you're going to do is project all your insufficiencies and struggles onto that church. And it's only a matter of time before you screw it up. Because it's, what God's looking to transform us in is more about who we are rather than what we do. We're called first to live a holy life. He calls us to be holy before he calls us to do anything. Write this down today. It is a who before it is a do. It's a who. Who am I? You are called by God. Not called to do something, but to be like someone. And that's like Jesus. To be like Jesus. It's not about what I am called to do, but who I am called to become. Who I am called to become. So who you are is way more important than what you do. You want to know your purpose. You want to know your calling. You're called first to be transformed. You're called first to know Christ. Because I can be up here on stage and, and give the appearance that I'm living in my calling, but how many of y'all know if I'm not living righteously and I have a double life, I'm not really living in my calling. That I can be a husband from the outward perspective and say, Eli's a husband, but if, I, if, I'm, if I'm carrying on other activities outside of marriage, I'm actually not even walking in my calling. And so how it is with your life that what good is it to get everything you ever want or thought you wanted, but you never had the character to actually sustain it? That's why God doesn't tell you what to do. And the Bible doesn't tell you what to specifically do in terms of occupation, in terms of calling, in terms of purpose, but it actually calls who you are to become. And that is like Christ taking part in his suffering that you can somehow take part in the resurrection. So calling is not about something important that you do in the future. It's about who we are today. And I, I see this all the time. People will have this sense of something greater out in front of them. And that's not bad to have that. But if you neglect who you are today, that will, that greater will elude you because who you are will never be able to sustain it. You may get it in appearance, but you will never receive it in heart. Colossians 3.17 says, so when you go to work as a construction man, worker, lady, I was going to say glazer because that's what I did. I put in windows, but I didn't know how many people would know like what a glazer is because I, I was always having to explain it. What's a glazer? Oh, so you like blow glass. No, I don't. <laughs> I install it, right? So it doesn't say when you occupation, hairstylist, when you go, it doesn't say any of that stuff. No, it says, and whatever you do. Whether in word or deed, what is that? Whatever your hand is doing, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you're doing. So it's saying, whatever you do, do it with the right heart. What school should I go to? I don't know. 
Maybe you shouldn't go to Duke because it's the devil. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what school you're supposed to go to, but I do know who you're supposed to be when you get there. I owe Western pastor, just let me know. I, who am I supposed to marry? Am I supposed to marry this? Do they love Jesus? Yeah, they love Jesus. Is Jesus like at the center of their life? Yeah, but they got like this side of them that, okay, is it like a really big red flag? Or is it like, hey, this is you guys coming together, becoming one, and now he's sharing with you a little bit more of his life, and she's sharing you a little bit more of her life, and you guys are figuring it out, but you're putting Jesus at the forefront of your relationship, and you're running after him, and you're both running after him together. It's not about the person. If they're putting Jesus at the center, and God and the Holy Spirit can rebuke them, you got a good person. You got a good person because they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're walking with the Holy Spirit. So we have two people in the Bible that want to be significant. They have this like greater purpose burning inside of them. Two people in the Bible. And wow, what was that? Ah, it's these allergies, man. All right, so we got two people in the Bible. James and John. How many of y'all know James and John, like who they are in the Bible? I want to make sure I'm talking to you. All right, so James and John. We, good. I, I like that response. Like, I kind of, you know, good, because I can lay it out. James and John were one of the three um, uh, set-aside disciples, the three important, not important, but the, the ones that Jesus, like, pulled to the mountaintop. He kind of took them aside more often. It was Peter, James, and John. James and John were brothers, and they went up to Jesus, you know, Many think it was because of their mom kind of asked, like, hey, you know, let's just kind of ask a favor from Jesus. And we find this in Mark chapter 10 about James and John. And they go up to Jesus and they say, Jesus, when you get on your throne, let each of us sit on your right and the other one on your left. Right? Because they felt like, man, there's like, I feel like God's really like called us to something and, you know, some significance. And we're doing a great work here. And so, God, when you get there, like, like, let us, like, sit on your right and your left. I just feel like there's a greater purpose that we're called to. And Jesus says, all right, you know what? Can you drink the cup I'm drinking? They're like, yeah. And he's like, certainly you can, but it's not for me to decide who's on my right and left. But whoever wants to be the leader of all needs to be the servant. And actually, it takes it to be the slave. Because what I found is a lot of people strive for important significance. But not many people are willing to stoop down. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, it says, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And now he's seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. Because Jesus knew it was more about who he was. And as he got who he was, God got him where he needed to be. So we see James and John trying to see where they want to be. And Jesus has this great little humbling experience that I believe is for them because shortly after that in Mark chapter 10, we read in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem. And, and we'll, we'll pick up in Mark 11 verse, verse 1. And so as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples. I wonder which ones he sent. I don't think it's coincidence. This is me probably inferring into the Bible. But because James and John, just a few verses later, asked to do this, Jesus saying, hey, not to be served, but to serve. He sent two of his disciples to do something very important because they feel like they have a purpose and 
saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. Even if you are some of the other disciples, so Jesus, you want me to like go get a donkey and bring it to you? Like, Jesus, we left everything to follow you, and now we're going to get a donkey. Like, where's the important assignment, Jesus? Like, where is it? And see, what I feel like many of us are guilty of doing is that we're looking out into the future for an important assignment that one day God will give us. And we will never see that come to pass if we are not faithful with our today. So write this down today, that the size of your assignment does not determine the significance of your impact. Because if it's been entrusted to you by God, then it's been entrusted to you by God. I mean, just think about David and taking care of the sheep. That seemed pretty minuscule. Think about the boy with the small lunch and the five loaves and two fish that he gave to Jesus, and Jesus broke it apart and was able to feed at least 5,000 people with. Well, it's just a small lunchable packet that I felt like I wasn't supposed to quite eat yet. That's because Jesus needs it. The size of your assignment does not determine the significance of your impact. Can I tell you that you have a purpose, and whatever you do, do it for God. The two disciples, they grab this donkey and they deliver it to Jesus, not knowing that it was the very donkey that was carrying Jesus to Jesus' calling. So this is what you will find is that you will find your purpose when it is no longer about you and it is more about him. When you do everything for the glory of God, you do not have to find your purpose but your purpose will find you. Can I put you at ease today? Stop looking for your purpose, thinking you're going to miss it. Stop looking for your calling, thinking you're going to miss it. And start chasing the one who has that in his hand. You can't miss it. He'll get you where he needs you to be when the time comes. But if he gets you there and you were never the person you were called to be, before you get to where you were supposed to be? Let's focus on being who we are called to be. You are called to be a who more than it is a do. What does that mean? Okay, maybe you're called to, to, to share some extended love to some people that have hurt you in the past. Maybe it's, maybe it's loving a spouse that's really hard to love. Maybe it's, maybe it's your call to continue to chase and pray for a wayward child, Right? Maybe you're in this place and you have a high education and could be making a lot of money, but you also got some babies at home and you only have that for a short while. So can I tell you, maybe you're called to love them and disciple them like Jesus does. Maybe you feel like God's placed it in my hand to, 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 to build a business and I'm a business person. And I just really like building businesses. Do it all for the glory of God. Someone who doesn't understand that might not fully understand that, but you do it all for the glory of God. See, I see a God in the Bible that gets pretty excited about someone that turns two talents to four or five talents to 10. So that business that you have that you're working on, do it all for the glory of God. 
May it be the best business in your area that it possibly could be. That people actually find about your Jesus because of how excellent you are in your business. See, I found for me personally, I'm called first and foremost to be a child of God. To lay down my life for God. I'm also called to be a pastor of this church. I'm called to love my wife, disciple my kids. Those are the things that God has entrusted me with. So guess what? I am not looking beyond that. Because if I don't know how to be faithful to what he has for sure given me, then I will not be counted faithful with what he has entrusted me with. So I find that your purpose is awakened when you are obedient to what you know what to do. And we'll be talking about this next week. Right now I'm talking a lot about like, hey, know Christ. Go after God. That's got to be the first. Everything else will work out. I'll give you some indications next week on, hey, here's how you can maybe see what do you really feel like you're called to do. And we'll be talking about some people in, in history, such as like William Wilberforce and, and like their purposes in life and where they felt like God was leading them in the story of their life and how one door opened up another door, opened up another door before we found out, this is why I am here. Because everyone wants to know why they're here. But if we don't get this right, there's no point in us knowing why we are here if we do not live a life worthy of our calling. To be the called out ones, to be the church that's different than the world, to live a holy life, that's what we're called out first to do. So we know what to do. Many of us are on different steps on knowing what to do. We want to know what to do, but you'll know what to do when you do what you know. So some of us in here have been disobedient to some areas, and God says, stop here, don't pass go, don't collect $200. You've been here for quite some time. Months, years, maybe even decades. But I believe that God says, hey, you're still alive, you're still kicking, you're still breathing. I can do more in a day than you can do in a lifetime. So I'm just looking for an obedient person. I got this thing I'm just asking you to be obedient to. For some of us, it's actually given our lives over to Jesus. For some of us, it's so simple as baptism. We're going to be doing baptisms after the second service. And you haven't been baptized. This is one of the two things Jesus said, called us to do before he comes back. Take communion and baptize people. And so for the most part, if you haven't been baptized, you've been disobedient to what God has called you to do. To be baptized. Some of you are a little conflicted because maybe you're baptized as an infant. But I believe that baptism is actually a choice that you make. And the Bible gives a great indication of this, that it's actually you going into the water and a symbolic of you dying to yourself, saying, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The water goes over you. The water surrounds you, washes away your past, washes away your old self, and you come up a new self. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I was bought with a price, so I honor God with my body. That's what baptisms represents. It's not a washing of dirt from the body, but a, 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 a cleansing of a pure heart towards God. And some of you need to be baptized.
You can get baptized today. We got shorts. We got towels. Stick around for the second service. After second service, we're going to go baptize in a hot tub outside because it's cold. Maybe some of you, we've been, maybe we've been just disobedient to our prayer life and in our relationship with God. Maybe we've been, not been disciplined in the reading of the word. And See, what I find is everyone wants the big thing. The big thing is the cross. It's already been done. And he's laying this out step by step for us. For some of us, it might be like seeking his presence. Not to know about him, but to know him. See, if you want to walk in your purpose, you have got to do what you know before you will know what to do. You know, it seems so small, it seems so simple, and that we want the big thing, but when you are developing who you are, hear me today, your purpose, your calling will find you. It will come when you realize that who you are is bigger than what you do. Your purpose is calling. Your purpose is to live called, to be called out, to be transformed. That's your purpose. Let's stand to your feet. And I'll share with you just a moment for me that I never really felt this until I think I really felt like I actually gave my life over to Christ, that I just felt like there was something burning that God was calling me to. And it happened at a church conference. And uh, I love Sundays. I love church conferences. I think it can happen anywhere, like praying and reading the Bible. But like, I felt like God really instilled something in my heart at a church conference. And my entire life, I've just had that burning, like, God, there's something that you are calling me to, right? I never once pursued that because I know just like he said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. It's already done. But the one thing that I do have control over is if I do not focus on being prepared for the season when it arrives. And so I just started getting in the word. I started listening to podcasts. I started praying. I started, I started seeking God as much as I could. There were seasons where I don't think I read the Bible at all. For a whole year, there were dry spouts. There were times where I just didn't want to go to church. But I had that. There's just something burning inside of me. And I knew I had the choice to either stop pursuing God and kind of put it on the shelf. And like, you know what, God, I'm going to keep giving you things to use. What I did is I, I just had a desire for something important, something significant to make an impact for the name Jesus. I wanted to just see his kingdom come here on earth. I wanted to be used by God. And I still believe this, and I, 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 I say that sometimes, but I don't want to get to heaven and realize I could have believed for more here on earth. That's me. That's who I am. But God isn't calling us to important things. God isn't calling us to significant things as much as he's calling us to be faithful with the things he has given us. 
Because when we get to heaven, our hope is that one day he will say to us, not well done, good and important, not well done, good and significant. He will say, and it's my hope for every single one of us in here today, that he will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. To be faithful to what God has entrusted you with is a higher calling than anything else can compare. To be faithful. See, when you live for who you are before what you do, you will not have to look for your purpose because your purpose will find you. We all have a purpose to become like Jesus. Not how to look important to someone else, but in how we are called to be faithful to Jesus today. And I want to pray for you today. That no matter what step you've been on in this faithful journey, one, you need to know the devil is a liar. And when he comes in to say, you screwed it up, you've gone too far, put that devil where he belongs, and that's under your foot, right? Don't let that keep, don't put up with that. The question I have for you today is after hearing this, what are you going to do now? Start today. I believe with all sincerity, and I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again, if you start today, God can do more in a day than you can do in a lifetime. He can open up doors that no man, because God's searching to and fro for those whose hearts are devoted to him. And those that have been called according to his purpose, he's gonna work it, right? What we need is our hearts that are yielded over to him, that put him first above all else. So I started this out today asking if you felt like you were called to something. I believe we are all called to something. We all have a purpose. And I want to pray for you today. If you feel you have that purpose burning inside of you and you want strength to start walking in it and doing it and being faithful to what God has asked you to do today, just lift up your hands this morning so I can pray with you today. Hands, let's, let's pray over you today. Father God, I thank you for every single person in this place. Every single person that feels that drawing, that calling to do what you've called them to do. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and give them the strength to do what they need to do? Whether it's forgive someone, in Jesus' mighty name, may they have the strength and the courage to forgive someone. God, maybe it's to, maybe it's to forgive themselves for some things, time they feel like they've wasted. God, I thank you that you are someone who can redeem the past and use it for your glory. God, I thank you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. God, I internally, eternally, but also here on earth, as you've called us and called us out to make a difference for your name, help us to live worthy of the calling we have received to be transformed, God, to be renewed, to be set apart as a light to this world that is so desperately needing us. God, I pray that as we're parents, that we would love our kids like we would love them to the fullest, like Jesus loves us. That if we're married to someone, that we'd remain faithful and give that love and devotion to one another, laying our lives down for one another, serving one another. 
God, in the occupation you've entrusted us with, whether it be a business or employment, whatever it may be, God, help us to do that to the fullest of our ability. God, in word or deed, God, help us to do it with all that we've got as doing it for the name and the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would steady our hearts, steady our hands to give it all that we've got for your name and your glory. Bless your people and keep them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.